The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here's your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Main Street Vegan. I'm so happy to be talking with you today. We have a fabulous show lined up. After the first break, we're going to be talking with Talia Lutzker, who is the author of The Ayurvedic Vegan Kitchen. This is so exciting for me because I've had so much help and healing in my life through Ayurvedic methods, and Talia has made Ayurveda easily vegan, which is just a lovely thing, and we will be spending quite a bit of time talking with her. Her. Just to update everybody on what is going on with me, I was in Madison, Wisconsin this weekend for the Mad City Veg Fest. And if anybody's tuning in who was there in Madison, hey, how you doing? It was the most beautiful festival. I mean, it really was. I've been two for two. The the Niagara Veg Fest and now the Mad City Veg Fest were just both so lovely, so well organized and and well run. And just saw all kinds of people. And I have to tell you the coolest thing that happened. Dr. Michael Greger was there. If you don't know Michael Greger, he's nutritionfacts.org. Really splendid, bright, wonderful person. And definitely a celebrity in the vegan world. So he came up to me and said, I keep hearing all these great things about Main Street Vegan Academy. When are you going to invite me to speak? 
And I thought, oh my goodness, he wants to come to me. And I haven't really imported people from other cities, but you know, he's just in DC. So uh, hopefully that's going to be coming up soon. That's very, very cool. Also found out that I'm going to be doing something for Unity, for the Unity Village retreats coming up in April. So if you're out there in the Midwest, stay tuned for more info on that. And I actually went to the Unity Church in Madison on Sunday. One of the lovely women who was at the conference wrote to me beforehand and said, you know, I know you go to Unity. Do you want to go with me? And I said, sure. And my husband said, you have the strangest life. Nobody knows anything about me, but people even know what church you go to. I said, well, William, that's what happens when you are a social gregarious person who is not scared to death of something like Facebook and Twitter. But, you know, opposites attract. I'm out there, and he keeps it close to the vest, and that's probably why we get along. Quite a blessing. We're actually going to be renewing our vows in the middle of July, which is very, very sweet. We've been married almost 16 years, so it's about time. And another really exciting thing that has happened for me in recent days is that I'm in a magazine. I'm in a magazine with pictures. It's so much fun. And the magazine is one of my favorites on earth. It is Vegan Health and Fitness. If you don't read it, if you don't subscribe to it, do that right now because it's such an inspiring and, and informative magazine. It is one of the few that I literally sit down with the paper magazine. It's online as well. And I read every single article cover to cover. And I am convinced that that is a large part of the reason why, and this is kind of a confession for anybody who sees the article, I am so much fitter now than I was when they did the interview and took the pictures back in January. But you know what? Every day and every way, we all just keep getting better and better. And I'm so happy to be joining, um, joined right now for our little intro segment by the editor and publisher of Vegan Health and Fitness Magazine, Brenda Carey. Hey, Brenda. Hi, Victoria. I am just blown away to hear that you have somehow managed to be in even better shape than when we took those photos because you looked phenomenal. Oh, my goodness. That is so kind of you. You know, I have this checkered history of, of sometimes working out, sometimes not working out. But really this year, this 2013 year, I have been dedicated largely due to your magazine. I'm serious. I read those other magazines like Shape and Women's Health, and those are all good. But to have a fitness magazine that is geared to vegans, it's just like having a, a super personal personal trainer. I mean, it's it's just been been great. And I've been working out a lot. And if I make it down there to Austin for that bodybuilding show at the end of July and get to see you, I'll show you what's been going on with my triceps. Awesome. Because, you know, we're doing a special vegan bodybuilding uh, supplemental special issue that um, is going to be based on that show. We're showing up there and there's going to be, I think, almost 30 vegan competitors there and we're just blown away that there's, I mean, I knew that there was a lot of really awesome vegan athletes out there, and quite a lot of them were bodybuilders, but this is a large number of, of people who have built a lot of muscle on the vegan diet, and I would love to have you be a part of that too, Victoria, showing off your muscles. 
Oh, yeah. I'm not quite ready for for that, but I would go in the audience (laughs) and cheer wildly. So what's that show called? Um, The name of it? Plant Built. Well, Plant Built is the uh, people who are supporting it, who have put together all of the vegan athletes. So if you want more information on this event, you go to the Plant Built website. And it is um, the Natural Bodybuilding Super Show in Austin, Texas, if you want to look it up that way. But I would recommend going to the Plant Built website. Okay. Because that's really what we are, isn't it? A lot of healthy people running around all built out of plants. So tell me, other than the fact that you have done this beautiful story on me in the current issue, what are some of your favorite other stories in the summer issue? Well, of course, I love the recipes. I mean, I'm, of course, I love to eat, and I love delicious food, and I'm a little weird in that it not only has to be delicious, but it has to be super healthy and full of nutrients, and that's what our magazine is all about, of course. So we have really great recipes that are really good for you and high in all of the nutrients that you want to stay healthy and fit and everything and just just delicious. So that's I'm very excited about that. We also have some unusual types of workouts. We have a minimalist training workout that you do like completely barefoot with almost no equipment. Uh, we have workouts in the park with Robert Cheek. We have uh, we even have a wheelchair workout which I'm really proud of because we have had quite a few request for workouts for people who are in wheelchairs. So we have a really great one with this amazing artist named Gretchen Ryan, and um, she works out with her amazing trainer, um, John Pierre. And so you, you, you get a lot of tips from that, even if you're not in a wheelchair, um, upper body and core and stuff like that. We have an eco-friendly swimsuit special, which... I think rivals anything I've seen in Sports Illustrated, but these are all eco-friendly swimsuits made out of all vegan recycled materials and stuff like that and gorgeous photos taken in Malibu and um, just, you know, a lot of, lot of good stuff. Lot of well, it, stuff. it's a beautiful magazine. I, I think everybody should read it. Vegans should read it. Non-vegans should read it. People who say, oh, I'm just a vegan for the animals. I don't need all that fitness stuff. Oh, come on. Your life will be so much better when your body just feels like it wants to get out and do something fabulous. Right. Well, you know, I was really inspired by Robert Cheek's book on uh, vegan bodybuilding. And even though I'm not like a big muscle lady myself, although I would love to have more muscle and I'm always working on that, um, I was really inspired with him saying in his book that one of the main reasons why he wanted to get known as a bodybuilder was to spread the message of veganism because there's so many excuses that people give as to why they don't want to go vegan. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that they think, oh, I'm not going to be able to build muscle or I'm not going to be able to maintain my athletic performance or this and that. And those are all myths. You're so much healthier and you're going to build muscle so much faster and better on the vegan diet than you than you would eating animal products. And so the more we can have fit vegans walking around, the less that people can make those kind of comments. And then it makes it easier for more people to go vegan without worry. And so if you really want to save animals, every person that you convince to go vegan, you're saving, what, two, 300 animal lives every year of that person's life if they, if they continue to be vegan? I mean, there is no better way to help animals than by being a living, walking example of fitness and health and showing people that that's, that's the way that you do it is by being vegan. No, I completely agree with you. And as we know, just being fit, if you don't have the food part of it, is no guarantee. I mean, obviously, there's no guarantee of eternal perfect health on this planet. This life is full of tragedies. Yes, we know that. But 
Generally speaking, and in terms of hedging your bets, if you can get the kind of three big pieces of the food and the fitness and the stress management spirituality going for you, you are so ahead of the game. I just saw a documentary last night about Venus and, and Serena Williams, and, and we know that, you know, that um, Venus has developed an autoimmune situation and has become vegan as a result of that to try to get um, healthier. And Serena is now a vegan as well to support her sister. And, you know, that wouldn't have happened 20 years ago. That was the last thing that would have happened 20 years ago. Although now that I'm saying that, Marina Navratilova has been vegan for a really long time. Uh, so, yeah, mm-hmm. we've got the athletes well, on our side. Well, you know, since uh, the Williams sisters went vegan, yeah, we wrote about this in the spring issue. They've had the most amazing streak of winnings since then. I mean, they won um, Wimbledon, the U.S. Open. They got Olympic gold medals in London. They, I mean, every single thing that they've done since then, they have come out champions of the world. And, I mean, yes, they were champions before, but, I mean, don't forget they've had a lot of injuries and setbacks, and their ranking actually fell quite a bit. And so this has been a huge thing for them to have this really strong comeback and to have this many wins in a row. They've had more wins in a row since they've been vegan than they ever had before they were vegan. That is so, so It exciting. really speaks well for that. It, and you know what? In the documentary where these people spent a year with them and they did note these recent wins and this winning streak, they didn't say that they had changed to a plant-based diet. I'm going to find those filmmakers yeah. and write to them and say... That's an <laughs> oversight. We'll see if you read Vegan Health and Fitness, if there are ever any oversights, you get filled in. So, Brenda, thank you. Bless you for all you do. Tell everybody how they can get your magazine and how they can subscribe. Okay. Well, you can visit our website at VHF, which stands for Vegan Health and Fitness, of course, mag, M-A-G, Dot com And you can also find it in most natural health food type grocery stores such as Whole Foods, Sprouts, Earth Fair, um, Mother's Market, those um, sorts of stores. And we are also in Barnes & Noble, um, which includes a lot of the university bookstores that are associated with Barnes & Noble. So we're in over a 1,000 stores. Again, if you visit our website, you can enter your zip code and find the stores that's the closest to you. Or you can go ahead and just order a copy or a subscription or whatever you'd like on the website. That is so fabulous, and I have to tell you some good news that's happened to me. Because of being in your magazine, I have an appointment on July 10th with a commercial agent here in New York City. Don't know if it's going to be anything, but if it weren't for being in your magazine, it wouldn't have happened. So thank you from the bottom of my heart, and Mm -hmm. uh, everybody, read Vegan Health and Fitness. (laughs) Thanks, Brenda. It's a pleasure, Victoria. I'm such a huge fan of yours as well, so thank you so much. That's mutual. So thanks, everybody, for being with us through these messages. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Talia Lutzker, learning all about being Ayurvedic and vegan and yogic and cool. Ooh, that's worth staying around for. We'll be back. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you'll give your support so others may be inspired too. 
This online radio network depends on the love offerings of listeners to continue operating and expand its outreach. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. You're listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan. I'm Victoria Moran. I'm the author of Main Street Vegan, the director of Main Street Vegan Academy. We have an academy program coming up next week. And, oh, my gosh, it is so much fun and so exciting and such a lot of work. And that's when I really test how I'm doing stamina-wise. <laughs> what is all the green juice doing? What is all the trying to get to bed early, et cetera, et cetera, doing? Because when the academy happens and I'm just on for five and a half days straight, that's the real test of it all. And I'll tell you one of the things that I do when life seems to be a little bit more demanding than the rest of the time, I go back and look at what I need to be doing Ayurvedically. Ayurveda, and if you're new to that word, it's A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-A. It means the science of life. It's an ancient Indian healthcare system, still recognized to this day by the National Institutes of Health and by the World Health Organization. And we're going to be talking with an expert on Ayurveda and on Ayurvedic cuisine, and that is Talia Lutzker, whose book I just love. Oh, my gosh. When I say I will never, ever, ever in this natural life purchase another cookbook, I always mean it when I say it. But then I see something like the Ayurvedic Vegan Kitchen, and I have to have it. And this is a book that when I leaf through, well, I see like, you know, gravy and stuff that I've spilled on it. And I also see that I've gone through it with the yellow highlighter, and I've made notes in the margins. This is a cookbook that is used and that I'll probably replace next year with a copy that doesn't have gravy on it. Talia Lutzker is a certified Ayurvedic practitioner, a certified massage practitioner, yoga teacher, professional chef, and the founder of Talia's Kitchen. 
an organic, nutrition-focused catering business. Catch her cooking segments on taliaskitchen.com and visit Talia's Kitchen on Facebook. Welcome, Talia. Thank you, Victoria. Well, it's wonderful, wonderful to have you with us. The subtitle of your book is Finding Harmony Through Food. Now, a lot of people would say, how can you find harmony through food? Well, how can you? Um, well, I mean, I think you know so much about this. I'm sure your listeners do too, but Ayurveda really holds true to this idea that we are what we eat. And if we're eating foods that bring harmony to our bodies on a physical level, then mentally and emotionally, we're also going to feel that harmony. So it's really the whole Ayurvedic way of looking at food and Ayurvedic eating as a lifestyle choice is um, it's bringing balance to the body based in the five elements that make up the entire, everything that's living, ether, air, fire, water, and earth. And it looks at every individual person as also being made up of those five elements, but in varying um, ratios of you know, varying various constitutions. So you might be more fire, I might be more air. Somebody else might have more water or more earth. And so foods that have a lot of water and earth are going to be the best for me, the person who has the most air, because water and earth is the element that I'm missing in greater amounts. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally makes sense, and you've described that very well. So I think some people get confused when they look at Ayurveda because they see these doshas, these body types, and it's like, how do I know what I am? And what if I think I'm one and I'm really another? Will I hurt myself? What is the simple way for somebody just dipping a toe into this to get some sense of of what body type he or she might be? Honestly, the best way to do it is to experience the food. And, to, and in, in this cookbook, in the Ayurvedic Vegan Kitchen, every recipe has a doshic uh, equivalent, meaning we're looking at this recipe as a whole and we're, and we're gauging it and saying, okay, chemistry-wise, elementally-wise, this recipe is going to increase, whether it's ether, air, fire, water, and earth, or it's going to decrease one or more of those elements. And the you, you can get this information in the beginning of my book, but the doshas are, are vata, pitta, and kapha. Vata signifies air and ether. Pitta is comprised of fire and water, although it tends to be more oily than like what we think of as true water. And kapha com- is comprised of earth and water, in this case, more of the true sense of water. So when you look at a recipe, like I'm looking at page 102, zucchini pasta. Um, this is a very lightly steamed zucchini. Like, it's so simple. <laughs> and um, this recipe balances kapha, which is the earth and water dosha, and it decreases vata and pitta, meaning it would bring balance, the most amount of balance to um, someone who has a lot of air and ether or somebody who has a lot of fire and or oil. And the experiencing of the food, when you, especially when you bring your awareness to, okay, this is, this is the dosha of this recipe, 
you bring your awareness there, you taste the food, you see how you feel after you eat it, and that's really your information. So you could take something that's more extreme, like most desserts imbalance the, um, the kapha dosha because sweet, the taste of sweet is kapha. Earth and water is what sweet is. You know, that's what sweets are made of. So if somebody, you know, is like, I'm going to see how I feel after I eat one of these Ayurvedic desserts that imbalances kapha and see, like, do I feel heavy and sluggish and, like, you know, kind of tired after I eat this? If the answer is yes, then that's a way of gauging maybe I'm mostly kapha because if I was vata or pitta, I would feel really good and really nourished by this recipe. I wouldn't feel tired and heavy. That makes so much sense. And I love how in your book, you know, some of the Ayurvedic books, in fact, most of them will say, if you are vata, for example, eat this. And if you're pitta or kapha, run from it. Mm -hmm. And so the idea is, what if you have a family? Are you having to cook five or six different meals? But the way you lay them out is For example, I'm looking at almond dream cream, of course, a lovely dessert. But you say it decreases vata and pitta, and that's good if you're, you know, one of those and you kind of bring it down. And then you say it balances kapha. Now, in some cases, you say increases, which I guess means you'd you'd want to stay away from that kind of food or just have a tiny bit of it if you were of that body type. But generally speaking, and tell me if I'm wrong, but the impression that I get from you is as long as you favor those things that bring down your particular dosha, you can have some of the other stuff too. It's not like, you know, never, ever again. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And, you know, even the idea of tri-doshic means, tri means three, doshic is the, you know, what we're talking about with these constitutional um, body types. Um, if you were to make a tri-doshic meal, you would want all six tastes of, in, of Ayurveda to be present. You would want sweet, sour, salty, bitter, pungent, and astringent. And the person, if you know your dosha, then you know that you need to focus on three of those six tastes more than the other ones. But Ayurveda considers it a healthy regular practice to have a little bit of all six tastes at every, at every meal, if not on a daily basis. Yes. I actually wrote about that in a weight loss book that I wrote several years ago called Fit From Within. And, and one of the 101 suggestions for keeping weight off for good, which I have done, thank you, God, is the six tastes at every major meal. And some people are like, oh, my goodness, I can barely pop a lean cuisine in the oven. But if you really think about just, you know, put some olives on and maybe that's a little bit salty. So I'm thinking of like a salad. Throw some raisins in and that's sweet. And if you shred some cabbage, that's astringent. And you just kind of, you know, you can balance these things out really easily. You can. It's true. So tell me about why vegan. I mean, in Ayurveda, as I understand it, traditionally coming from England and evolving alongside yoga, it was lacto-vegetarian. But you're giving us this wonderful vegan recipe book and a vegan approach to Ayurveda. How did that start for you and um, how'd you do it? Well, this is actually my second book. My first book was self-published, 
And um, I self-published it in 2005. And that book, because my teacher is of the lineage of both Indian Ayurveda and Tibetan Ayurveda. And like most things that come from Tibet, they utilize um, quite a bit of meat and dairy. It's definitely not vegetarian. Um, but the Indian uh, lineage of Ayurveda is, like you said, it's, it's totally lacto-vegetarian. Um, so I had these, but I had both of these influences in my studies. And when I, because my focus as an Ayurvedic practitioner has been primarily on food and nutrition um, the whole time I've, I've been involved with Ayurveda, I started cooking for people and I started teaching cooking classes almost immediately after I became certified as an Ayurvedic practitioner. And what I found was from my cookbook that incorporated dairy and a little bit of, um, it had a couple recipes that incorporated fish or chicken or lamb. Um, I had a lot of vegan students and vegan clients and so I would make the recipe vegan for them. And it, it got to the point where I took my self-published cookbook and I redid the entire book so that every single recipe had a vegan version of itself in the book. And when I met my publisher for the Ayurvedic Vegan Kitchen, they just really thought that that was such a great, um, that was so great. There isn't a vegan resource, an Ayurvedic vegan resource uh, out there as a cookbook. And so it was really their idea to make this cookbook be entirely vegan. And, um, you know, it, it, it really has become one of my my, my niches, niches, I don't know how you say it when it's plural, <laughs> um, in, in Santa Cruz where I have my catering company and where I teach the, the, the main portion of my cooking classes. Well, I'm so happy that you've done it because when I have used Ayurvedic cookbooks in the past, I'm I'm trying to figure out, okay, what should I do instead of the ghee, the clarified butter that shows up a lot, and, and there's always a, a lot of cheese. And your recipes are just lovely. I have not come upon a dud yet. And I need to say that I'm not any sort of gifted cook. I'm always getting these opportunities to do cooking demos and lecture about food. It's like, oh, please, you're asking the wrong person. I live in New York City. <coughs> Excuse me, my kitchen is is smaller than um, your closet. And so it's not my thing, but as I go through and I use your recipes, they always work out. One of my favorites right now, <coughs> I'm sorry, is the vegan Caesar dressing that like has, that has pine nuts and miso and stone ground mustard it's just so lovely, and people are often looking for nut-based um, recipes, salad dressing recipes that don't have um, extracted oils. That one's just divine. Thank you. I love that dressing, too. It's really good. And some of the other things that you do here that are so fascinating to me, you also have a, a blend. Some of your recipes are for people who really like to work with food. Like I'm looking at morning cupcakes and the ingredients take up the whole page. I will never make morning cupcakes because that intimidates me. And then I'm looking at the hot amaranth porridge on the other side and it's like, okay, seven ingredients, all of which I happen to have in my kitchen right now, that I can do. And so I love that there's something for everybody. 
Thank for you. all the vatas and pittas and kaffas. Yes. <laughs> well, so, and you know, I'm a I'm a bit of a lazy cook myself. You you probably have noticed. I mean, there are you're right. There are some recipes that definitely take longer than others and are more involved. But the majority of my recipes are definitely thirty minutes or less because that's when I want my food to be ready in thirty minutes or less. So I tend to write recipes that are pretty simple and rooted in really good quality whole foods and adding the Ayurvedic approach to it makes them very digestible and uh, I have a lot of fun with it. Well, you impart that fun through the book. So I know that you're also a yoga teacher. So tell me a little bit about that and about your spiritual life and how that kind of infuses what you do with the cooking and all these other things that you're teaching. Hmm. Um, well, yoga, uh, yoga, I am a yoga teacher, and I, so professionally I am, you know, involved in yoga. But I, I feel like I, and I was a full-time yoga teacher for a while, um, actually it, during the time when I was first being introduced to Ayurveda, I was, I was um I had just done my yoga teacher training. I had never heard of Ayurvedic medicine, but I had a, a health crisis at, at that time and was seeking help from a holistic healthcare perspective and so it happened, quote unquote happened that um you know Ayurvedic medicine is is what I found as as the healing tool and it was primarily the food. So I mean it literally yoga, my love and passion for yoga as a practice led me to Ayurveda and specifically to preparing food because that is, as a lifestyle practice, what you eat every day is your main Ayurvedic, you know, keeping you balanced practice. So I got immediately into the food once I found Ayurveda. But I'm so grateful I found Ayurveda also in this outlet of, the food and the nutrition and the, I love to feed people. Like sometimes I'll have these catering jobs that are so difficult and stressful and, you know, things go wrong and you're on a timeline and it's so crazy. And then as soon as everybody is eating the food, I am so happy. Like I can't even tell you. I literally, like I forget about, it's like having a baby. Like, I forget about every, all the pain that happened before, and I'm just so excited that people are enjoying this food that I created. And, um, and yoga for me is, even though I love being a yoga teacher and I don't want to n- not be a yoga teacher ever, but when I was teaching full time, I noticed that it was, it was difficult for me to it's it's difficult for me to impart my spirituality through words like it's not my strong that's not my strength my strength is is imparting my spirituality through um personal experience and for giving other people a, some type of an experience so yoga is actually very personal for me and i I'm not the kind of yoga teacher who talks about spirituality in class, and I think that's why I'm so drawn to 
Iyengar yoga. I'm very specific about the body and alignment and um, breathing and meditation. But I don't, you know, you know, some yoga teachers, like, they use, they'll talk about spirituality a lot, and I love those teachers, but that's just not me. So I feel like yoga gets to kind of be my personal spiritual practice, whereas the Ayurvedic medicine, because it's so, it's so uh, foundational um, to people's health, and and it, it so directly affects somebody's mental and emotional and therefore psychic and spiritual life, I feel like I've really found my gift or my offering that sort of lives in this realm that I can just feel really good about. And then I have, you know, yoga on a personal and a professional level to support myself and others who want to take their, either take their food to a new level or take their yoga to a new level. No, that's that really beautiful. It totally <laughs> makes sense. And it also brings us back to the very beginning when I asked about your subtitle, The Ayurvedic Vegan Kitchen, Finding Harmony Through Food. So that's really what, what you do. This is food yoga. I love it. And you do have um, online videos of both yoga and kuch- cooking on grokker.com, G-R-O-K-K-E-R. And is that called Talia's Kitchen? How do we find that? Real quick, because we have to go to a break. It- it will just be my name, Talia Lutzker, oh, but Talia I have Lutz. yoga videos and cooking videos on that site, grokker.com. It is such an awesome website. I hope everybody checks it out. There's cooking videos, um, many of which are vegan, uh, tons of yoga videos, fitness videos. It's, catalog- it's cataloged, so you can easily search for what you're looking for. It's so It's awesome. Cool, then we're all going to drop Grocker, and right now we're going to go to break, and we'll be back with more Main Street Vegan on Unity Online Radio. Chris Michaels, host of The Prosperous Life on Unity Online Radio, is an author, life coach, national speaker, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Living in Kansas City, Missouri. Through his writing, coaching, and speaking, Chris has helped thousands of people understand the basic spiritual principles that govern our lives. In his book, Your Soul's Assignment, he reminds us that we each have something to do here on earth a unique purpose to our lives. If you're interested in discerning what is yours to do, are looking for practical spiritual principles to inspire your life, or coaching to provide you with the tools to live more fully, visit Chris's website at www.chrismichaels.net. That's www.chrismichaels.net. Are you ready for the next steps on your spiritual path? If you are, you won't want to miss the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. Essential insights and practices from the ancient yoga science of self-realization show us how to live healthier, happier, more balanced lives. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. 
for a time-tested method to live with purpose and realize your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Welcome back, everybody. This is Victoria Moran. You're listening to Main Street Vegan, and my guest is Talia Lutzker. I'm going to spell her last name for you so that when you go to grokker.com, you will find the right Talia. It is L-U-T-Z. K-E-R. And her book that we're discussing is The Ayurvedic Vegan Kitchen, Finding Harmony Through Food. Now, something else that you do, Talia, is that you lead Ayurvedic cleansing programs. And people don't have to be out there in Santa Cruz. They can be anywhere on the planet and do one of these cleanses. But it's not like drinking juice like what most people think. What is an Ayurvedic cleansing program? Um. Well, the the program that I've written is a seven day program. I've got a sixty page manual that I can email to anyone anywhere in the world, and it's incorporating daily Ayurvedic healthcare practices into your day, primarily through food. So, to give you an example, when um, the first thing somebody does in the morning when they're doing my cleanse is they're drinking hot water. It depends on if it's spring or fall but or the time of year. So I do alter things to um, be appropriate for the season and, and for the person if I can specifically. But in the spring cleanse, for example, we wake up in the morning, we have 16 ounces of warm or hot water with some lemon, um, a teaspoon of spice. So it could be turmeric, cardamom, Tulsi, which is holy basil, cinnamon, um, and I kind of guide everyone to, like, if you're this dosha or you think you might be this dosha, use this spice. If you're not sure, use a combination of all three. Um, And a tablespoon of coconut oil, um, that's what is the morning drink. So it it lubricates the joints, it lubricates the colon, it awakens agni, which is digestive fire, um, it's alkaline forming, it hydrates you first thing in the morning, and it's just this awesome cleansing way to start your day, and it's Ayurvedically based. Um, but we don't focus on, we don't, it's not a fast, it's not, um, and it's not just juices like you said. So we're, we're learning how to eat really health-giving, alkaline forming foods. It's mostly vegetables and fruits. Um, there's a bunch of recipes that come with the manual and, um, for people who participate in my program in the Bay area, they also get seven days of unlimited, um, Ayurvedic coaching and nutritional support from me for the duration of the cleanse. So we just have the best time. I have people who start on day one feeling super scared and not sure if they can do it. And by like day three or four, letting me and everybody else know that their skin issue that they've been dealing with for the past five years has cleared up 
and they're posting photos of all the amazing food that they're making and enjoying every, every day. Like, it really transforms people's uh, relationship with food, which is, um, you know, one of my intentions and one of my, my life goals in why I do what I do for a living. So there's, you know, because cooked, there's some cooked food, some raw food. Of course, people could have juice. They can have a fresh vegetable juice, especially in the middle part of the day when it's hottest outside and therefore your body will be the best able to, um, you know, fully assimilate a, a fresh raw juice, even if you're vata predominant. Um, but it, it's, it's a dance between a lot of different types of food. It sounds wonderful. I know I've done a Panchakarma, which is an Ayurvedic cleansing healing program that, that you do on site with a, an Ayurvedic practitioner several times. And I've always loved that we eat. And they're saying, this is a cleanse. And, and I, it took me a while to get it in my head. You know what? You can cleanse without just drinking juice or drinking water. There are many ways to do everything. And I like the kinds that have food in them. So <laughs> do we, we find that at taliaskitchen.com? Yes. Okay, T-A-L-Y-A-S kitchen.com. That sounds really, really cool. That sounds like something I might want to do come the fall. I, I, I hear your dogs, and that's great. <laughs> My dog's here, too. My daughter used to co-host with me, and she would bring her two dogs over, and when anybody would walk down the hallway, the, the dogs would join in and co-host. So <laughs> you mentioned when you were talking about the morning beverage the spices. And I know that, that there are certain spices and also certain foods that Ayurveda really celebrates. Can you talk about some of those specifics and what they do for us? Just the specific foods that Ayurveda really loves? Yeah. Um, foods and spices, too, whatever comes to mind. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite, uh, my favorite uh, things from Ayurveda is there's this, um, it's for rejuvenating or replenishing vital ojas, which is the, you know, ojas is like your inner radiance, your inner juiciness. Everybody needs to have vital ojas because it really is how strong, the more ojas you have, the stronger your immune system. So it's really an important concept in Ayurveda. And one of my favorite things is the, um, you take milk, in our case it would be almond milk, because almonds are a sattvic food in Ayurvedic medicine. Like the, the nut itself, the inner nut is um, sweet, but the skin is astringent. So the, the almond as a whole is like a perfect sattvic food for vata, pitta, and kapha. And you take this almond milk and you would, because it's a nut, um, and I'm, I personally am mixing the wisdom of like the ancient Ayurvedic practice with modern nutrition principles. So I would say to heat it over very, very low heat, kind of in the raw food realm, they would say something similar, um, so as not to cook the oils of the almonds. But you just warm it up, and then you add a pinch of saffron, which is considered to be quite sweet as well, um, but it's and it's so balancing for the mind. It's like the antithesis of 
or the opposite of stress. Um, cardamom, which is a tridoshic, digestive, regulating spice. And then you can sweeten it to taste with, you know, the sweetener of your choice. But it's like the best drink for before you go to bed at night. It will help you sleep. Um, you can drink it after you've been intimate, after you've excreted some of your vital ojas, you know, to replenish. Um, it, it's, that's one of my favorites. So would, would commercial almond milk work, or do you want us to make our own almond milk? Commercial almond milk does work, but I have to say I have an opinion about the boxed milks, which is just that they're not, they're kind of dead foods. Do you know what I mean? Like, that they are, they are processed, they're not the most healthy for us. So if you can find the time once every five days or so, because that's how long fresh almond milk stays good, um, to make your own almond milk, it's so much easier than you think. And I have a video for making almond milk on grokker.com that people can watch and really get a feel for, okay, wow, that really took her like five minutes. You know, aside from soaking the almonds overnight. Right. And now, do you want us to make this almond milk with the whole almond? I know often in Ayurveda they say blanched almonds, but you talked about it's balancing if the skin stays on. It is. If you know that you're of the vata persuasion, then you would want to take off the skins because vata does not need the astringent taste. Okay. Okay. But it's it's pro- for for making your fr- your own fresh almond milk because you right you soak the almonds you put them in a blender with fresh water you blend them and then you strain it so even if there's almond skins they get strained out of the milk for the most part so it's really not that as as important of an issue as when we're as it is when we're talking about just eating almonds okay like so- when you when, for the doshas to eat almonds, for vata, they should always be blanched with the skins removed. For pitta, they should be soaked. Sweet and astringent are both balancing tastes for pitta, so almonds are a great food for pitta, and it probably is the only nut that pitta can really tolerate um, because of the oiliness of nuts. Um, but it should be soaked because pitta gets so hot, they need the hydration of the soaked nut. And then for kapha, they should soak their almonds as well, but then they should dehydrate them again <laughs> because kapha doesn't need more wet. They need dry. And I know for somebody who's hearing this the first time, they're going, Bleh! but I know. <laughs> the truth is once you or get it. a dried almond for kapha. And, and Taya has, has wonderful, simple explanations of Ayurvedic philosophy in the first part of her book before you get to the yummy recipes. Now, speaking of recipes and women who are brilliant with them, you went to Hebrew school with Jennifer Cornbleet. Jennifer Cornbleet wrote Raw Food Made Easy for One or Two People, which is another one of my super favorite, most spilled upon cookbooks, or in that case, cookless book. What are the odds that you guys would have known each other as kids and now you're both creating these amazing vegan recipes? I know. It is really, yes. She was, yeah, we were really good friends when we were like, I was probably eight or nine years old. Um, I remember being at her house and her mom had Flintstone vitamins, which I thought was like really exciting. 
And now the well, way that both of you live, you can do without the Flintstones. I know. Yes, now we get our vitamins from food. No, and her, we, we definitely keep in touch. I mean, I would say Jennifer is responsible for me finding my publisher and getting the Ayurvedic Vegan Kitchen published because um, she's been really wonderful. She's been a mentor to me, and um, I, I actually took one of her recipes, one of my all-time favorite recipes of hers, which is um, her avocado chocolate mousse. Oh, that's one of my favorites, too. It's in my book. She loved it to be for Main Street Vegan. (laughs) Yeah. And I um, added chai to it, and and it's published in my um, cookbook. So I call it chai chocolate mousse, but I give her credit as, you know, it's her recipe. Um, And it's a way to make the chocolate mousse Ayurvedic, page 147. (laughs) <laughs> you know, but, um, and that's one that I have not tried in your book. So you're oh, giving oh, me something great. else to do. Oh, it sounds yeah, wonderful. Great. So we only have just under three minutes left. But in that little bit of time, can you tell us a little bit about some of the other Ayurvedic principles other than food? Like my favorite is daily routine. What is that all about? Well, you know, the body is a... a a living, constantly changing system. So when you know what your tendency is, which is, that's really what dosha means. It means that which easily goes out of balance. So talking about somebody who's kapha predominant, which is earth and water, so it's going to be all the qualities that are like earth and water, heavy, dense, wet, sluggish. If that person engages in a daily practice like dry brushing, which is just taking like a dry brush from the health food store and working your lymphatic system and your blood, your circulatory system from your feet to your heart and from your hands to your heart every day, you are doing so much to not only slough off dead skin cells, but to keep your lymphatic system moving to get your circulatory system, to ha- give it energy and movement. Um, and just that, it affects everything else in your body. It affects your muscles. It affects your ability to burn fat. It affects your bones, your nerves, your internal organs, how, how well your digestive system will operate since they are organ, internal organs. Um, and so these daily practices that can be so simple in Ayurveda, can make such a big difference. Um, another daily practice would be um, taking a tongue scraper and scraping the tongue after you brush your teeth. A lot of people brush their teeth with their tooth or brush their tongue with their toothbrush, but the scraping just it only takes like literally like twenty seconds. Um, you can pull so much mucus off your tongue, for example. I mean, mm. most people do. And then that's all this mucus that you didn't swallow. Right. And then, right. then when you kiss your honey, it's, it's a far better experience. So, right. Talia, I cannot believe that we are running out of time. I could talk to you for another hour. So thank you so much for being on the show. The book, again, is The Ayurvedic Vegan Kitchen by Talia Lutzker, L-U-T-Z-K-E-R. And that's the name you'll look up when you go to grokker.com for her fabulous videos of cooking and yoga. The website is taliaskitchen.com, and that's also how you'll find Talia on Facebook. Thank you so very much for your contribution to the show 
Next week, everybody, we're going to be live. I'm going to have the most handsome co-host imaginable. That is going to be Zachary Koval, who was last year's PETA's sexiest guy next door. And our guests are going to be Marianne Sullivan and Jasmine Singer from Our Hen House, talking about animal issues and animal legal issues. These women are so brilliant. And they're so good on the radio that they actually got a webby. Is that cool? Thank you so much for listening today. Thank you for being vegan or veg-curious or open-minded in whatever way you are. God bless you. And eat your veggies. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on this message from Daily Word. Is something in your life causing you concern? Don't be discouraged. The presence of God is peace and harmony, healing and creative ideas, is with you every moment of every day, providing the help you need. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. You are a spiritual being, blessed with all that you need for happiness and fulfillment. God's wisdom will guide you. God's strength will help you do all that you need to do. And God's joy will lighten your heart with hope and courage. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. At the base of all life is the infinite wellspring of Source, and each of us has a unique way of expressing that Source as an individualized soul. Do you enjoy the company of inspiring people who are living on purpose? Do you want to live joyfully attuned to your own unique soul expression? Host Rev. Kristen Powell welcomes you to join the gathering of souls who live this way. You'll meet artists, naturalists, and other soulful expressions that will inspire you to call forth the most alive, passionate version of yourself. Get into the natural stream of your own soul by tuning into Soul Stream live every Wednesday at noon Central Time on Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We talk to the animals, and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast, hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Aaron Dendy Smith, and Meredith Tollison, we will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.